Welcome to Wicked Wednesdays. This is episode 35. I'm Shelly, and as usual, we've got Alan here. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, so, we've got a new computer. So, something we're testing out here. Um, I know we've asked y'all to <laughs> bear with us um, over the last few weeks, or actually the last couple months because of technical issues and everything. But uh, hopefully, now we've got it sorted. Um, so this week the last two weeks we covered um in some way we covered the religious atrocities yeah. uh and we talked a lot about religion yeah um which uh i hope y'all took a you know y'all liked and y'all listened to but we're gonna get back to um what we normally do and we're gonna cover um ruby ridge which is something Alan's been dying to do, so he's gonna run this one. But uh, let's start off with some weird news. Actually, let's talk about what you did tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my lovely husband, who I love with all of my heart, mm-hmm. has been taking hot stuff to work, and he's been buying these hot sauces and stuff, and doing the hot sauce challenges with different people and whatnot and uh so he had a buddy at work come up to him and ask him hey you know um i found this toe of satan which is one of the hottest suckers that you can get he's like um you want it and of course alan's like yes i want it so he came home and he decided he was going to do the toe of satan Satan challenge which is you have to keep this sucker in your mouth for five minutes you want to tell them what happened, sir? I made it about four minutes and 30 seconds, and it was awful. First put it in, it wasn't so bad. It had kind of a nice cinnamon flavor. See, the, the heat from this comes from an extract, and they said it's 9 million scovilles. And that's how strong the extract is. So I'm sitting there, <coughs> and at first I'm holding it. I have the sucker in my mouth, and I'm holding it by the stick with my teeth, and it's not really touching anything. Now I'm just kind of holding it, and I'm like, well, give it a lick. I'm cheating. So the thing, this, I get the sucker, and start treating it like a regular sucker. Um, and the juices started flowing, and <laughs> it hurt. It hurt real bad. There's a video on Shelly's page if you want to see it. I might see if she can share it to the group or something, but it was... Uh, it's bad. I finally got it to cool down after I drank like two cups, two or three cups of milk, ate some tums, some bread. Ate the kids popsicles. <clears throat> mhm. Ice. Yeah, he. Well, the the only thing about the video that I recorded, he like I was trying to get what his face looked like, but he was rushing so you know fast past me that. I didn't catch his face and like show just how he was pouring sweat. He was purple. I've seen him eat hot stuff before and his lips will turn purple or you know, um, or they'll kind of like be kind of swole up, but his whole face was purple. 
He literally looked like he was in hell. I've never seen him that miserable. And it was so funny. I seriously... Darian, Monica, Buddy... Y'all up for the challenge? I know y'all have done hot stuff. Yeah, but I don't know if... um, I told Alan I think that he needs to take and eat the uh, the, the chocolate. They make a um, world's hottest chocolate bar, and it's little tiny, little tiny little pieces that are supposed to fucking rock mm-hmm. your world. So I'm thinking about ordering him that for Christmas, putting it in his know. stocking. I'm a little scared of that. Now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Satan's toe, like... Since then, it's been several hours since I ate it. I've had beef tips and rice, macaroni and cheese, you know, water, soda, and my stomach is like, it feels like I have a sunburn inside. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay, the toe Satan's a sucker, so you have to hold that in your mouth for five minutes. Mm-hmm. But the chocolate, literally, you can put it in your mouth, chew it up real fast, and swallow it. Even though it's, like, super hot or whatever. I mean, you've seen Rhett and Link do it. Yeah. So. I don't know. Which Rhett and Link are um, two guys who do a YouTube morning thing called Good Good Mythical Morning that we watch with uh, Reese sometimes, and um, we love it. Um, Family-friendly kind of stuff that you can watch with your kids and all that. Speaking of Ree, I got her a book on conspiracy theories oh, today. So <laughs> she's so happy. Look, she was reading about Marilyn Monroe and like the Kennedy conspiracies and stuff, and she just kind of looked at me and she said, "She was a thought." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she like set her. It. She looked so serious, like in those movies where you see somebody set their newspaper down. I don't know. Actually, in the video, um, the video is on my Facebook page. Um, I'll try and share it to our group because if you're not my friend, then you can't, or not Alan's friend, then you can't see it. But um, it's in the comments section because uh, I was having trouble uploading it. But um, in it, she's holding the book, and uh, but yeah, he come in and he handed it to her, and he's like, "I got you a book about conspiracies," and she's like, "Really?" so funny but so anyway uh what's your weird news sir okay so uh safety harbor florida a burglar broke into a florida home and made breakfast and told the resident to go back to sleep dude was a 19 year old marine named gavin Krim. Did he say why he broke in? Was he high? What was his... The cops said alcohol may have been involved. <laughs> um, I'm just curious as to what he cooked. I really want to know. The article does not state. And it says uh, he went in, came in through an unlocked door. But that's actually fairly common. As y'all know, my dad has been in law enforcement for was in law enforcement for a long time. And he's told me stuff. Bur- they've caught burglars. I said burglars often eat food. They've also... Families have come home and found the burglar asleep in their bed. You remember that's Robert Downing Jr. Yeah. That's like he like went in and like fell asleep in some kid's bed because he thought it was his house. Yeah. But no, this guy they found him in the house with he had literally he was putting stuff in a pillowcase and he laid down and the family came in 
and he was in the bed asleep, they walked out quietly and called the police. I don't know how I would react to that. I'd be like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, also, I found an article about a mom who is fighting to keep her vanity plate. And it's, uh, PB4 We Go. <laughs> and as anybody who has kids or has taken care of kids or really anybody for that matter that's the first thing that any mom or caregiver says is you know we need to pee before you go get in the car Definitely. and she's had this uh she's had this uh tag for like 15 years well now they're coming back i guess when she went to go get it re um renewed or whatever the state uh, has made a law that says phrases related to excretory acts aren't permitted. All right. And uh, so she's appealing, and um, she said she's one of 92 New Hampshire drivers who received vanity plate recall letters this year. Uh, state records show there are 1,000. I'm sorry, 152,028 uh, vanity plates in New Hampshire. Um, he said uh, the New Hampshire uh, DMV spokesman said the plates must be rejected when they do not conform to legal requirements. Um, but of course, you know, they can't speak on the no. spe specifics. But I mean, come on. I don't know. I think that's great. I, yeah. I think it's hilarious. I had a friend who had a license plate. It was an Alabama, University of Alabama vanity tag. And yeah. the way it was, it was the, the logo for the University of Alabama was a big crimson A. Yeah. And the way she had done the tag, it had that, and then beside it had 55 hole. Asshole? Yes. She had it for several years, and then one day she got the recall letter. I didn't know that. Um, I know that I've had friends that's had vanity, you know, mm -hmm. tags and stuff, but uh, I didn't know that we had anything like that. No, there, there's Because there's all kinds of shit people have on theirs. I saw one the other day in Bessemer said, Doughboy. So there's laws about what you can and cannot have in Alabama, and they said she had that uh, asshole plate for several years. I want an Alabama tag, <laughs> but that's neither here. Your mama would shit her britches. I want a tag that says poop. <laughs> <laughs> or if I get an emoji, just an emoji. You can't get a tag with a fucking emoji on it. It should make that happen. You need to get a tag. I don't want it says poop. My husband's been driving around in a car that hasn't had a valid tag on it since 2017. There might be cops <laughs> listening. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> That's fake news. Anyway. All right, so I've got a little bit more. Uh, okay. Loch Ness, a scientist who collected DNA from Scotland's Loch Ness, says that the... Blake's monster might be a giant eel. Or there's just a bunch of little eels because there was a lot of D eel DNA in the water. Uh, 
you know, there's they found no evidence that the DNA evidence that the monster would be a plesiosaur, which is what people think it is. But hey, I'm kind of cool with it being a, a big ass eel. I, I would like, I want it to be a uh, eel. So I've heard people are getting pissed off about the It Chapter 2 movie poster saying it's scaring kids. And they're also angry about uh, Pennywise using gay slurs and making fun of uh, people's bodies. Come on, he's the fucking bad guy. Calm down. Holy shit. What? I just found one. Okay. It says... Uh This uh, woman, hold on. Oh crap! I was trying to read this article, but it's one of those ones that you have to like um, answer a survey to read it. Anyway, this lady in uh, England married a tree and now plans to change her name, and her son's super pissed off about it. She married a tree. Yes. Okay. Hmm. People just are not with it. Uh, there's a Pennsylvania man rescued from a garbage truck after falling asleep in a dumpster. I've heard about that before. Well, uh, <laughs> drunk mm -hmm. raccoon spotted stumbling around a Canadian neighborhood. Really? Yeah. I just like reading the... T the the what you call it? I, don't, I mean, the headlines. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> South Carolina man burns down home because he suspected wife of affair. Okay. <sighs> Canadian man breaks into property but leaves behind photocopy of his face. Well. So. Uh. Did we have any uh, answers to our question last week? Did we ask one? Well, yeah. Remember, or, I don't know. Did you post it in the group? I forgot. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Shit on my balls. Ah, oh, God. We told you it's poop on your fuzzy nuggets. Okay. The first time that I had Alan around Rhiannon, this is like three and a half years ago, we're sitting there in the Jeep. We're, we're, he's in the back seat. And he said something. Next thing you know, he hollers out, shit on my balls. And I'm like, there's a little girl in the back seat. The fuck is wrong with you? And she looked at him and she was like, um, you need to say poop on your, fur on your fuzzy nuggets. <laughs> and then what was the other one that you said you got from Darian? It got finger blasted and spin its ass and spun on it or something. It finger blasted and spun on its asshole or something yeah. like that. Anyway, yeah, he also said that in front of her too. And she just kind of looked at him and was like, what does that mean? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> he still hasn't learned his lesson. Though. The other day, he told a fucking dirty dad joke in front of her. And she was like, Ugh. The one about the whales? Yes. You want to hear it? Oh, God. Okay. So, there were these two whales. Mama whale and daddy whale. And they were swimming along. And daddy whale said, Hey, I recognize the bottom of the ship. That's the ship that wiped out my pod years ago. Let's get under it and blow our blowholes and flip it. And mama whale says, Okay. 
So they get under it and they blow their blowholes and it knocks the ship over and all the guys fall into the water and they're swimming away and the daddy whale goes, all right, now let's eat them. And the mom of the whale goes, look, I was fine with the blowjob, but I'm not swallowing a bunch of semen. He said this in front of an 11-year-old. Just want to point that out. And notice, I'm still not laughing, you asshole. That's what you need to do. You need to find, like, some stupid-ass joke to tell every week. I can do that. I used to do it on Horacopia. Oh, okay. Never mind, then. What? Well, I mean... I mean, I don't mind doing that. Wait a minute. Something about Horacopia? What? Hang on. Hang on. Something. Oh, crap. Uh-uh. Don't you even do it. <laughs> what up? Y'all thought I was gone. You can't get rid of me. I'm back, bitches. Anyway, I gotta go now. <laughs> bitches. Anytime that Alan does a voice of anybody, he's, he's Lavelle. That's, uh, he's, it's, that's it's, uh, the only voice that he can do. It is not always Lavelle. Yes, it is. It is always <laughs> fucking Lavelle. <laughs> You ask anybody that listens to your shit, it's always a fail. Okay. You just call it by a different name. <laughs> Alright, so you ready to get into this? Alright, so Ruby Ridge. Um, another government fuck-up under the Clinton administration. Alright, class. Oh, sorry. My what bad. the hell? Alright, so Ruby Ridge was an 11-day siege in Naples, Idaho, started on August 21st, 1992, and went to, I said August 21st, 1992, and went until August 31st. Um, involved Randy Weaver, his wife, uh, Vicky, his son Samuel, who was 14, they died, his friend Kevin Harris, and his daughters, whose names I don't recall, there were several of them I'm trying to find them real quick. But uh, we, Vicky and Sam died. His dog, the rat bastard U.S. Marshals, killed his dog. Uh, the dog's name was a uh, Striker. Anyway. What happened is Randy had been a Vietnam vet. He was a Green Beret, and he met Vicky, and they lived in uh, Florida, I believe. Anyway, they had gotten <clears throat> married and had children, and they both had a... They kind of got into the prepper lifestyle, the doomsday idea. Well, the thing is, is she was like... People always thought it was him that was the the fanatical mm-hmm. one, but it, it was her. I mean, um, there's a documentary on Netflix that is has got his daughter in it, and they're talking and stuff. And when you watch it, you realize that um, he was called a white supremacist and all this kind of stuff. But where they moved to, it was because of the fact those were the only people around. Yeah. And so, but he wasn't part of that group. He just went over there and hung out. And then, of course, there was a guy there who did a lot of preaching. And him and his wife, she really bought in to mm-hmm. 
all of the doomsday stuff not so much like the keeping the race pure and all that kind of stuff but like she really believed the end of the world was coming and so that's why like she had and she homeschooled her kids you know that's why they started living that lifestyle they lived in this cabin in the idaho wilderness with no running water no electricity no uh no gas you know they they literally lived off the land yeah he wanted to be left alone by everybody um anyway he the family would go and hang out at the uh, christian identity compound which those guys are racist fucktards oh yeah but they were the really the only people around and that he would go down there and there was a uh snitch for the feds that was down there anyway randy they had fallen on kind of hard times he needed money um the guy really I don't, he wasn't i mean he was an informant I, I thought though that he was an agent that he was like an undercover agent uh, I don't remember, but there was a guy down there. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I thought yeah. that he was like, yeah, he was like informed, but he was like an agent, and they couldn't catch them on anything. And so they, when they went to Randy, mm-hmm. because he had like, they knew that he could, you know, Smith guns or whatever. Yeah. And uh, got him to make this sawed off shotgun that was what, like two inches? Something like that. I mean, he. Barely, yeah. barely, like you know, under the, the or over the limit or yeah. whatever. But they, but they, they were going to take and basically use him to you know get at these guys because mm-hmm. they thought that he would turn informant and work with them in order for him not to go to yeah. jail. And he was like, "Fuck you, I'm not doing that." The F, the the ATF, whatever <clears throat> they told him, they would pay him to make these guns. I feel like ultimately that was entrapment. Yeah, because I mean he didn't know. Yeah, I mean he. He didn't approach anybody about it. He was approached. He said, okay, he needed the money. So, he, uh, so he, okay. so, Randy does the, does soft shotguns. And he makes a sale. And then, uh, later they were, they were coming back into town or going to town to get some supplies for the winter and their car broke down and that's when the uh, police arrested them and they he got out on bail or whatever they held him you know he and they uh told him you know your trial will be this your court date would be that and ultimately he ended up missing it which he did not mean to miss because they uh didn't tell him they changed the date. So anyway, he finds out, you know, somehow that he's a wanted fugitive, and he said, "Fuck him! I'm staying on my mountain." Well, hold on. He um, remember he went to the the the, the court date, the yeah. first one. He was set to come back, like I forget what, however long it was, and then they changed it and like moved it up. Yeah. Well. Nobody told him, and um, 
I want to say, like, his attorney or somebody called and told him to just stay put. Yeah. And that they would work it out. So he was staying where he was at because he figured it was just going to work itself out. You know, that he was trusting in the process. Mm -hmm. And then he found out somehow that the process didn't work. And he decided, I'm going to stay on my mountain. Well, look. That's well, how. Uh, what happened was he did not know. He knew that that you know they were that. That's why he was staying was because he mm-hmm. knew he missed his court. They had a bench warrant, right? Right. So he was waiting for hear from his attorney about like how what they were supposed to do from that point on. He didn't even find out that anything was going on with him until they shot his dog. Yeah. That's when he found out that they were trying to come on the property and that they were coming after him like that was because of the fact that it was that the ATF was going around and like spreading rumors and stuff to the marshals and all that that mm-hmm. he was like this you know dangerous guy you know that he had all these weapons and that he was you know anti-gun like, just they were telling him all this shit and there was a couple of neighbors that didn't know him yeah they didn't know anything about him and they had heard stories from you know these people mm-hmm. and so they were telling and the, and the sheriff kept telling him let me yeah go talk to him because the sheriff had had plenty of interactions with him he knew better and my, they were like, no, the marshals took over, and... My dad always said, Andy Taylor could have got him off that mountain. Mm-hmm. He probably would have left Barney at home, but he would have gone. Andy Taylor could have got him off that mountain. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, so on August 21st, the marshals had had him under surveillance. They had set up video cameras and things like that, and... uh. The marshals on the 21st of August, 1992, decided to invade. And uh, watching that documentary, they looked like the crew off Predator, how they went in there. Well, the thing is, is, I mean, like, they talk about how they went in because something like with the surveillance or something had messed up. So they mm-hmm. were going to, like, get closer to the house to see what was going on because all they could really see was coming and going, seeing them target practice, that kind yeah. of shit. That's all they had. Gone. They wanted to know more of what was happening. And they're dumbasses, and instead of telling, like, the, the lines of communication just were not there. And so they go onto his property, and the, the, the dog Start, s- starts barking. And one of the fucking U.S. Marshals uh, kills the dog, and the son saw it and went down there to investigate. And the U.S. Marshal shot a fucking 14-year-old in the back. The kid figured out what it was, and he started to run back, and this guy shot him in the back. Uh, And that was when uh, they engaged the marshals, and they killed one guy named uh, William Deegan. Fuck him. He got what he deserved. Anyway, the marshals fell back with him. They were like, "We got to get, we got to get him out here," and they set up a siege. Randy was able to collect his son's body, and uh, the FBI hostage rescue team came in, and they were given orders that anybody, any adult, this became a combat situation. This was not a civilian law enforcement operation anymore. Any adult with a weapon was fair game. Uh, there was one sniper. His name was Lon Hariuchi. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other snipers discussed with their spotters. There were several snipers around the cabin. 
They said, look, we've been given kill orders, but we know these people carry guns on them. We're not going to shoot them unless we are threatened. And I know I'm, I'm making hand gestures and stuff because I <laughs> said, we are not going to shoot these people unless they do something threatening. Just because they have a firearm on them does not mean they are threatening. Anyway, uh, Vicki Weaver was holding her infant daughter and came out onto the porch and had a gun on her hip in the holster. And Lon Hariuchi, asshole, piece of shit, fuck nugget, saw her and killed her. And her body laid in the house for several days before they could move her. Um, and, uh, their friend Kevin had gotten shot, and Randy was also shot. Anyway, they ended up having this home surrounded. There was the National Guard, ATF, FBI, U.S. Marshals, all these people, and nobody was communicating. Um, the thing is, they didn't know Vicky was dead, or said they didn't, and they were using uh, the hostage negotiation team, whoever, was coming out. That's so fucked up, the fact that they were talking to her. Yeah. Because they didn't know she was dead. And didn't they, like, finally get a phone in or something? Yeah, yeah. And he, like, Randy got on the phone and he was like, or was it the daughter? It might have been the daughter, but somebody finally told them that she was dead, and they yeah. were like, "Oh my god!" And they were, it, sound, it was almost like yeah. they were taunting him because yeah. they kept like over the loudspeakers and stuff, like you know. They were telling Vicky, "Let your kids out, Vicky. Come outside. We have pancakes." You know. Yeah, like, you know. Don't you care about what's going to happen to you know your kids? And I mean, it's fucking bullshit. And uh, <clears throat> they. They were held up, but both Randy and Kevin were getting worse and worse from their wounds. And, uh, you know, they they kept negotiating, and they finally agreed to come out. And Randy came out, Kevin came out, they treated him and arrested him. Anyway, you think, you know... The government wanted them gone. I mean, they, they wanted them death penalty. They, they had killed a U.S. Marshal. You know, um, but, oh, what, what something I found really interesting on the documentary we watched is the guy running the show, the head FBI guy, the first times they interview him, he's all in camouflage and he's all tacked up and he's talking and then they find out Vicky and Sam are dead you see the interviews, he's in a flannel shirt and a nice little windbreaker. Yeah. You know? It goes from them being like this fucking crime syndicate, you know, mm-hmm. public enemy bullshit to, well, it's just... The thing is, ultimately, <clears throat> uh, they were able, they got him a good attorney, his name was Jerry Spence, who represented them and Randy Weaver and Kevin Harris were both found innocent that uh, the U.S. Marshal was killed in self-defense. The thing that pisses me off is the government mm-hmm. awarded them $3 million. Three fucking million dollars for destroying his family. And the U.S. Marshal Service fought that. They didn't get that till the 
recently. Yeah. Because um, they were like, we'll never pay anybody that killed a U.S. Marshal. That guy would still be alive today if they had just not been dickholes. Well, the same asshole that shot, you know, his wife is the same one that was at Waco. Oh, the the people that were in charge of Ruby Ridge were also at Waco. I know. It was a whole... And that's the whole thing is the fact that now, I think that dude's, like, living in Hawaii and he works for, like, some environmental company or some shit. I was reading about, like... You can't like you can Google him, but you're not gonna find much about him because they tried to like scrub him. Yeah, he had like all kinds of death threats and like. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see in the documentary, you see the community turn on him. Well, here's the thing, Timothy McVeigh. Mm-hmm. He was that was his goal was to find that dude and kill him. Yeah, and when he couldn't find him, when he couldn't get to him. Mm-hmm. That's why he chose to blow up the Oklahoma City uh, oh, wow. building. But, Which, uh, I mean, it's still fucked yeah. up. I'm not, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, this event caused a huge ripple. What, 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 like I said in the documentary I found, you know, the community goes up there and protests. They start screaming at the FBI. So they call them, and they were, they called them baby killers. Ask them what it felt like to shoot women and children. And, oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know. Um, cussing them, spitting on them, and I don't fucking care, you know? Um, uh, you know, going back to my dad, he was proud that he went to the FBI Academy, and it wasn't that long after he got back from the Academy that this happened. He quit wearing his FBI class ring and put up all his little FBI shirts, and he didn't take them out for a long time. That is just so sad. I mean... What is? Just the whole thing of it. It's like... Yeah. With everything that's going on now... Okay. I'm not trying to get political, but okay. You know that that kid that was at um, Parkland, the, that hog boy, what's his name? David Hogg. Yeah. He was on, I think it was CNN um, the other day, and was talking about... The mandatory buybacks and all that kind of shit that they're wanting to do now. And, um, he used, uh, I'm going to make sure I find the right one because I want to tell you correctly. Um, hold on. I want to make sure that I give you the right information because I don't want to sit here and say something that didn't happen. Hold on. Well, it's not opening. Why is it not opening? Anyway, he, um... Uh, ew. Crap. Okay. I found it. Okay. It said, uh, he cited wounded knee as a reason to support government gun grab. Okay. But now here's the crazy thing about it. You, if you know anything about history, you know that before all of the Native Americans were massacred at wounded knee, they took all of their guns from them. You know who else took guns? Nazis. Well, I know, but listen. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna try and use and you're gonna you're gonna try and, and basically he was saying that it was because of our country's, you know, um white supremacy that they that wounded knee happened. Wounded knee happened not because of so much white supremacy but power. It's mm-hmm. the same reason why any of this shit happens. It's the same reason why any one group 
goes after another group. It's for power. I guess that's what white, you know, when you think about white supremacy, you think that you are superior to them, so you want power over them. Um, but it was a land grab. You know, um, the natives were looked at as, you know, as less than. Mm-hmm. And so they just, they destroyed these people, but had they not been disarmed, they could have fought back. Now, would it have changed the outcome? We don't know. But at least they would have had a fighting chance. Yeah. But how in the hell are you going to take and use the example of what happened to those people as to why we need to give up our guns? Because if you look at what's happening, more and more and more of our freedoms are being taken away from us. It's the frog in the boiling water. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the thing is, is with the natives, they didn't have a fucking choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you had cavalries and armies coming after people who, you know, they weren't armed like these other ones were. So, I mean, it was a completely different situation than it is now where, you know, and even with the Civil War and the Revolutionary War, all look at all those wars and the people who fought them. And then you think about what we have now. There's people now who have more, like, look at Dan Blazarian. He's mm-hmm. got a fucking tank. Yeah. You know, I mean. Um, and that is, I truly believe, the, no. S- no. the Second Amendment, when the Founding Fathers wrote that, you, if you could afford it or make it, you could own a cannon. That was the height of battlefield technology. But the thing is, is the whole point of the Second Amendment was, and it states in there, mm-hmm. and most states and cities had laws to where you had to have a certain amount of weapons and ammunition because you had to be a part of the state militia. And that was men, women, whoever. You had to have so much in your home in case of something like that happening again you know because you had to be able to stand up and defend yourself and you know we've lost sight of that but the thing is is you have these people who i'm sorry i if you don't if you want to live off the grid and you want to live you know on the land and you know you don't want to take and be a part of you know all this shit that's your right yeah you have a right to live how you want. That's the, that's, that's the one thing about living in America is you have the right to live this way. Mm-hmm. And it's like now, you have people now who are, you know, using solar power and all that kind of stuff to hate, you know, to, to put energy into their homes. Well, you're having to pay the power company a fee, even though there are, like, there's certain places where the power company, like, they'll owe you money. Yeah. Okay. But they turn around how to get away with that is they charge you a fee for you using solar power. Yeah, we don't and, well, and now people who have wells and people who have septic tanks and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. the water companies are coming in and they're charging them because of the fact that they're not using their stuff. Yeah. It's a monopoly. Right now we were on best we were on um birmingham water which is the jefferson county and at a few years ago jefferson county had the biggest um county um bankruptcy ever 
in the United States and because of what happened with our, our water board. Um, to pay all that back, our sewer rates are astronomical. But even living in Birmingham with the sewer rates, our, our water bill really wasn't that bad. We moved here to where we are now and my water bill literally is so fucking outrageous and they never read your meter and they just throw money out there we've had i've seen people who have got bills that were four hundred dollars and their meter literally has like six inches of yeah. dirt and grass you know piled up or not i mean um there was somebody who had a ruler stuck down in there and it was almost like you know yeah to the top of the ruler so you're yeah. talking about almost a foot of dirt and grass and how they're not reading that shit we don't have you know remote you know access mm -hmm. shit where they can you know we don't have all that and <clears throat> but you it's know like we guessed yeah so these people they don't want to take and they don't want to be they don't want to be beholden to in this oh and our water company you have to go through the mayor to get anything done any discrepancy on your bill and nine times out of ten he's not going to return your phone call there have been people who have had to go get attorneys and go to the district attorney for the state to get something done about their water bill and so that's why there's so many people even around here who are choosing to find some alternate you know water source or they're moving there's a lot of people that are moving down towards the river because of the fact that, you know, water bills at the river are like, you know, 20, 30 bucks max compared to here where, you know, they're running anywhere between two to $400. And, you know, but that's the whole thing is these people, they want to live off the grid. They want to take in, they want to live these lives and the government can't fucking stand it. Mm -mm. They think, you know, they... They have to know what everybody's fucking doing. And they label these people crazy. They label them, you know, off the, off, you know, it's just, ugh. I think the reason the government goes after them, I really, really honestly think the reason they do that is because if you live off the grid, you're not paying as much in taxes or whatever. You're you not know? paying taxes, period. That's and the whole thing. Like, I mean... And, that, and they can't control your income. If you're living off the grid, they don't know how you're affording anything. They don't know whether or not you're bartering, because if you're bartering, you can't tax that. Mm -hmm. They don't know if you're doing side work. And the thing is, if you don't make a certain amount of money, then it's not, it's not taxable. Yeah. And it's like I always think of this line from Breaking Bad when they were trying to, they were setting up something to launder money. And Jesse told Saul, he said, I don't want to launder it, so fucking what? You know, I'm a, the government's going to find out a drug dealer. I'm a drug dealer? Who cares? And Saul looked at him and said, no, they don't care that you're a drug dealer. Worse, you're a tax cheat. Yeah. And that is, they got Al Capone on taxes. That, think about that. But, you know, that's... that's <clears throat> I mean, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. my dad was so worried about Y2K and so was mine well my dad died um in october of 99 yeah. but he was so nervous about it um that he really started talking about like living the prepper lifestyle because my dad grew up 
living in, uh, you know, basically it was a circus tent. Yeah. There were revival tents. He lived off the land. My dad could do it. You know, I mean, he he grew up in the woods i mean like he grew up with no power you know none of that like he knew how to live that lifestyle and he he always talked about like if he could just convince my mom Mm -hmm. you know and because he was so afraid of what was going to happen when all the computers went to shit you know, he told, he honestly believed it would be worse than a zombie apocalypse. That people yeah. would turn on each other, but they would start fighting for food. Do you know in the Bahamas right now, I know this is getting off kind of subject, but in the Bahamas, they didn't want to put the real death toll out there. And they were trying to say it was only 20-something people, right? Well, of course, yeah, we found out that it's like close, damn near, you know, it's astronomical, but... <clears throat> there were literally people who were, you know, shooting each other for canned goods mm-hmm. and water. And, you know, that's after a natural disaster. Yeah. Okay? Something that the entire world can come in and help them fix that. You know, I mean, like, if there's a, like, right now, like American Airlines, like there are all these people out there trying to help them, mm-hmm. okay? But you take and you shut down the world's communications, TVs, all electronics, everything. Everybody loses access because 90% of our money is, you know, it's, it's, it's electronic. Yeah. There's not enough paper money out there to really like everybody to have what they're supposedly worth Mm -hmm. you know i mean and you imagine losing all of that and throwing people into the dark ages like if an emp like just like hit and everything in the world just went to shit they uh they did a study i remember hearing about it last year we had just moved here and i was listening to radio going to work or something and they had done a study that said if the U.S. was hit by an EMP thing, within a year, 90% of the population would probably be dead. Well, you know, my dad had a friend of his who, he kept an old tractor, mm-hmm. and he had an old-ass truck, and like he had like some farmland and stuff, and they always asked him why he never would like upgrade and that's he was terrified of that he had you know watched stuff and it's always older people you know yeah. that's because they grew up in a simpler time and they didn't trust technology to begin with so then when they hear about all this stuff that could mm-hmm. happen they're like fuck this shit and so they want to try and keep it as simple as possible because they want to be able to survive yeah and i mean i don't know what i would do I mean, I remember, you know, uh, Escape from L.A., the big weapon in that was an EMP thing. My dad and I went and saw that, and we were talking about it at the end. He said, yeah, that could really happen. He said, and when, and the bad guy in the movie had an old, like, 50s, 60s Cadillac he drove around. Mm-hmm. My dad said, that'd keep running. Yeah. You know, and... uh I mean, the thing is, at the end of Escape from L.A., Snake sets it off. But, I mean, that's the thing is, like, my uncle, he um, restores 
antique cars. And one of the things that he always talked about, about restoring them, was if something were ever to happen, mm-hmm. he could get wherever he needed to go. Yeah. You know? I guess my one question, though. Okay. So he can get wherever he needs to go. Where's he gonna get, how's he going to get gas? Because of the pumps and being electric and stuff. He, um, because of the garage that he had, mm-hmm. he's got one of those um, old-timey pumps. Okay, cool. And um, I forget, I don't know if he still has it in there or not, but he used to have um, one of the old ones that was like the, had the hand crank thing on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had that out in his garage, and like they would come out, and he had a tank too. And he would get deli- like fuel deliveries and shit because he had like this, I mean like when I yeah. say he had a garage, you ever seen Jay Leno's? Yeah. Like his his garage yeah. that he has is like three or four fucking garages and shit. Yeah. My uncle's property probably had about I think that I think you could put like seven cars in each one, and mm-hmm. there was like four or five garages on his property. Oh wow! Which uncle? Jack. Okay. I know, I mean, going back to the Y2K thing, you know, talking about the prepper stuff, my dad... And my Uncle Ronald, he's the one who built race cars. Oh, okay, cool. You know, my dad, he was, he had to stay here because they put all Bessemer police on alert because their system, when they actually... One of the reasons he was so scared is when they ran the systems check at Bessemer, mm-hmm. it shut down. Yeah. And he sent... I'd gone as Christmas, you know, and I'd gone to Gatlinburg, like, with the youth group maybe a day or two after Christmas and came back. And we went down to my grandmother's, like, the day after who lived in Clanton, which was is rural. Yeah. And it's it, our property. And it was, uh, it had been a farm. Mm-hmm. But my dad and stuff, he had been uh, stockpiling <coughs> canned goods, and we also had... 600 gallons of water mm-hmm. and he said you know that even though my I found out I'd forgotten my grandmother and stuff they were on city water mm-hmm. but they still had the well yeah and we could prime that if we needed to you know yeah but my dad sent us down there and there there were firearms at my grandmother's house but he was like which ones do you want to take with you he sent me down there with more modern ones <laughs> not my grandmother had shotguns and hunting rifles and stuff he was like what do you want to take I think I he kept the mini 14 I took the SKS have you ever been hunting just walking around the woods with a gun and shooting at stuff count as hunting no okay no I mean like literally like actually going out and you know trying to you know kill a deer or I've gone like, squirrel hunting with my dad did what? you did you, act, did you did you kill a squirrel yeah. Okay. I mean, my that's what my dad used to talk about. He loved squirrel, but I mean, I just because my uh, my cousin used to talk shit about you know it was you know he'd never been hunting before, but he always talked about how you know that he could take and live off the land. It wouldn't be that hard to, to hunt and all this kind of shit. And of course, he had never been, and he didn't know that. 90% of the time that you're out there hunting, you're waiting. You know, you, um, you're you tracking animals, deer, whatever it is you're, you're hunting. Um, 
you know, and you're waiting, you know, you, you set your blind up and you wait, and, um, <clears throat> when, uh, he went hunting with my dad, and my dad, you know, he got, um, this big old buck, and my cousin was just, he was sure he was going to get something, he was sure, and, of course, my dad had already field dressed his deer, and was carrying it out, and my cousin was like, you know, wait, uh, uh, Uncle Sam, wait, you know, I want to go, I want to go, and I still want to get mine, and he's like, the day's over, man, he's like, I got to get home and get this processed, you know, it's, and, um, so he went another time, still didn't catch nothing, and my dad told him, he was like, because you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're expecting the person that you're with to help you get a kill, you're not paying attention to, you know, what it actually takes to hunt. And, um, he hunted, I mean, he, he kept on trying, and he finally got into it. Like, really got into it, and, you know, um, now, you know, I don't know if he's, I, I think he quit hunting a while back, but, <clears throat> my dad was a bow hunter, and so, my dad, when, um, he quit, you know, he, when, um, he quit hunting, because he was just getting too old, and, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't like being out in the woods late anyway, and so he just, you know, quit hunting, and, um, he sold his bow to him, and, uh, he's like, oh, thank you, he never, he, he, I don't know if he ever was able to pull it back. Oh, wow. I don't know if he was ever able to actually use it or not, because at the time he couldn't, but, you know, but anyway, getting yeah. back to the whole Ruby Ridge thing, because, you know, we, do we, our, we go, we are in our, yeah. our circle. Um, the thing of it is, is the fact that you had simple people who wanted to be left alone, and... Was she a religious zealot? Yes, she was. You know, she. But we have freedom of religion yeah, in this country. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm, well, this is what I'm getting at. Okay. Is you know, you have, um, she more so than he was the one that was you know, um, super religious and wanted to live the prepper mm-hmm. lifestyle and all that and. Yeah, he loved his wife, and he didn't give a shit. It was fine by him, you know. And, yeah. Um, he, uh, but, you know, he did what he, he, could, he could to make money, and that's what got him put in the situation. But the thing of it is, is it was the government taking advantage of the situation. And I believe, you know, for so many years, the government has been trying to disarm you know, it's, um, it's citizens, and, you know, it's been slowly but surely, and, you know, I think if we look at history, and we look at, like, the, the, just the tyrannical, you know, governments, and, you know, the reasons why certain things have happened, I really just, you know, it it should be a lesson that, that we can never let that happen. The thing is, people, Always talk about, oh, well, if the government wants your guns, they'll take them. You can't fight back. And I just want to remind everybody, the world's most powerful military lost to a bunch of farmers in black pajamas. Yeah. Gorillas have no rules of engagement. And just because you have tanks, you can kill the driver. 
mm-hmm. you know and like I said we and now the world's most powerful military is still at war with what amounts to a bunch of farmers yeah you know um, that's the thing and that's what it would come down to I believe you know it, it would be a long drawn out bloody process and who's to say that the military would fire on their own people because um, when Russia when communism fell in Russia they had tanks they had military tanks parked out there to stop the protesters the soldiers took the keys and left yeah you know well that's the thing is people don't realize that when um, you take your oath you know, the, you are there to protect your country from, you know, foreign and, you know, from invaders, foreign and domestic. Yeah. And that includes a tyrannical government. And um, that was something that, you know, my uncles who were career Marines, all of them retired. Um, they lived their life for the military. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the army. Of course, he got shit for being in the army when the rest of them were Marines. But you know that was that was something that you know they took very seriously. And um, we are. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, trying to trying to think of what I was just trying to say. When um when we have the I know what I was gonna say I don't remember what I was gonna say I would love to live in a utopian world and the you know I would love to be one of these progressives that believed mm-hmm. that there was no need for guns and that everybody could live equally and. Everybody could. It would be rainbows and sunshines. We just had to get rid of the bad people. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to believe that. But here's the thing. Every, every fucking country that has tried it, whether it's what they quote unquote true socialism mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, it's never worked. You know, it's never worked because the nature of man is kill or be killed. It's always survival of the fittest. That's just nature in general. You cannot ask people to not follow the you know how you know their nature. Yeah. And there's always going to be somebody that wants power. There's always going to be somebody who is going to want to take and you know, have, even if it's just a little bit, and once you get a little bit, you want a little mm-hmm. bit more and a little bit more. And, it, you know, it always goes to shit. And I was watching Stephen Crowder, which I, you know, I like Temple, which he's mm-hmm. really, pro- pro- mm-hmm. he's moderate. Yeah. Um, moderate left. And, of course, Stephen Crowder is right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Joe Rogan, who is mostly leftist, you know. I listened to all of them, and one of the things that they all agree on is the fact that um, you can't. Um, what was that? Shit! I hate when I do this. It's like I have an idea and then I start talking and I fuck it up. 
Um, what was I saying before I said you're, you're talking about all the people you listen to and them being moderate left. No, what was I saying before that? We're talking about gun grabs and socialism. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. It was Chad, uh, Chad, I never can say his name. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, you have all these people who are wearing his T-shirts. and all these Che Guevara. Stuff. Yeah, Che Guevara. Um, you know, and they are so like, he's, you know, this idol to them and whatever. He literally massacred thousands and thousands and thousands of gays. Like, he yeah. specifically, and black people, he hated blacks, and he hated gays. And, but yet, they idolize him because of the fact that supposedly he was, you know, this progressive yeah. socialist. When he, he had concentration camps mm-hmm. full of these people. My own. True concentration, yeah. not, not immigration yeah. out, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Concentration camps where these people were sent to to die. Uh, my uncle, well, I always think it's funny when people wear Che Guevara t-shirts. My uncle was a Green Beret. Uh, we still don't know what all he did. But we know at one point, around the time Che got killed, he was down in South America helping train people. Yeah. I'm not saying my uncle helped kill Che, but he probably trained the guys that did. Yeah. I just think that's... Uh, I just I, I I've told people I've told the guy in a Che Guevara shirt that before. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I was like, yeah. Well, say like most people are not trying to be funny. Most people only mm-hmm. wear those shirts because they're Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. They don't even know who he is. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, mm-hmm. there are few people who really know the truth about him who yeah. actually looked it up. They just think that you know. They only know like what they've been told. They mm-hmm. don't. They haven't actually looked at the history of the man. And, and you know, talking about gun control again, you know, something Ice T said, and he's not a conservative. No. But he, they asked him about gun control. He said, "Hey, when the government gives up theirs, I'll give up mine." But that's the whole thing. Like, yeah. You know, the guy that we, the you know, that we at my doctor's office Saturday. Yeah. I've talked to him several times. He is a never-Trumper. He is mm-hmm. very, very, he's, you know, Democrat, hardcore. And <clears throat> every month, he goes, and what did he say? He buys like three or four. Boxes of ammo. Yeah. And 30-round magazines. Yeah. He goes and, you know, he he stocks up. He buys new guns all the time. Um, he, because he said before they make it illegal, or before they mm-hmm. try and take it away, he wants to have it, and he wants to be able to hide it. Yeah. Because even he knows that once they start taking away that freedom, and this is another thing, too. Let me get to this. They want to take away our Second Amendment. Right. Okay? If they take that away, mm-hmm. then they're going to want to take away our First Amendment rights, and it's just going to keep snowballing yeah. until we have no rights. Yeah. And we're going to end up like China, where our internet is monitored, mm-hmm. where, you, you know, uh, there's there's apps. That, and when you buy a phone in China, and when you actually fly into China, there's an app that they take your phone, and they put this app on your phone. And while you're in China, it tracks you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't remove it after you leave China, it tracks you outside of China, too. Yeah. Uh. <clears throat> 
And you always remember, you know, Penn and Teller did an episode of Bullshit on Gun Control. Mm-hmm. And both of them came out and said, you know, ultimately this is the amendment that protects all the other ones. And Penn has said on his podcast, he they use guns in their act. They do the bullet catch. Mm-hmm. They've done some other stuff with guns, but Penn is like, I don't own them. I don't like them. And they ultimately make them nervous. But I'm not going to take them away from you. Was that? He was on Joe Rogan, and they were talking about hunting. Because, you know, I think he's... He talked about how that, you know, he is um, the worst kind of vegan you could possibly be, which mm-hmm. is um, he's only vegan for dietary purposes. Yeah. has nothing to do with, he doesn't give a shit if the animal dies or not. Yeah. And because um, he said, you know, he doesn't believe in God. He's a he's pure atheist. So he doesn't believe that, you know, though you're killing an animal, mm-hmm. you're taking his life, soul and all that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, but they were talking about hunting. Because he said after all these years of being vegan that it's kind of like started to change mm-hmm. his mind about stuff. And he was talking to Joe Rogan about hunting. And Joe was, t- you know, was telling him about, you know, um, you know, hu- you know, hunting an elk and, you know, what it's like and all this kind of stuff. And um, Penn admitted to the fact that throughout his life he has made these declarations like mm-hmm. this is how he is he's never going to change he's never going to do this because once he gets into something he is 100 percent into yeah. it like he doesn't half-ass do anything it's like it becomes a ritual mm-hmm. and so it's just like he fought meditating for years yeah. and then he started doing it and now every day he meditates at least once a day yeah and um he said that's one of the reasons why he never got into shit like that was because of the fact that he knew how he would go with it. That's one of the reasons why he never got into doing drugs or drinking was because he said he knew that he would, you know, it would become, it would become a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he also, of course, the time period that he grew up in, he just, like, hated. He hated drugs. Yeah. He says he's open to, like, mind-altering stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. like doing DMT and all that, but... Um, you know, he doesn't want to really, you know, mess with anything else. But he was talking about how, you know, that um, he's made these statements. And he said it's really hard for him sometimes because how his views about, like, since he's being a vegan and how like, he's kind of starting to see, like, you know, the the mm-hmm. the spiritual side of vegan and stuff. And he said, you know, he, he fights with himself about it because he doesn't believe in God. He, so he's not spiritual. But then he says he can't deny that there is a spirituality, you know. And, um, <laughs> and he said, you know, it's, it's really hard on him. And uh, But when he was talking about the Second Amendment and he was talking about, um, you know, like hunting and all that kind of stuff, even he said that it makes no sense to only have a amendment that's for hunting. Yeah. You know, yeah. who in the hell could read that mm-hmm. and only, you know, take out, oh, well, it's, it's so you can hunt. Yeah. Nobody. No. And I mean, and, I've, and like I was getting, saying earlier, our founding fathers, if you could afford it, make it, you could hand it. And these were not stupid men. They knew that the technology would evolve. They wanted the citizens to be prepared to take down a tyrannical government like they did. Well, then they saw, they, look, you gotta remember, 
these men were from a time period where they had seen, you know, how many fucking countries, you know, fall due to mm -hmm. war. And, yeah. you know, I mean, because right after the Revolutionary War, you have what's going, what happened in France with the French mm -hmm. Revolution. So, you know, you, the, there's all this shit that they, the writing's on the wall. They know that this is not something that's just going to happen one time. That this is going to continue. That anybody who has power, they even knew of themselves. That's why they limited their power mm -hmm. that they had. Was because the more power that you give to your government, the less power you as a people have. So you've got to have something that they can't yeah. take away from you. And, I mean, the government, I asked my dad one time, we were talking about gun control, and I asked him if there was ever sword control. And he said, yep. Yeah. And when we, we went and saw Braveheart, and there's a scene... That they used the, a lot of the peasants in uprising stuff did use farm equipment. But there are scenes in Braveheart where the Highlanders go and get their swords. They hid them in the thatch of their roofs. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's because they weren't supposed to have them. I don't know. Well, it's just like, yeah, you know how stupid it is that like bayonets yeah. were illegal. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally. I also believe. It was a bayonet, but it's also if you had a flashlight lug. What's where you can put a flashlight on your gun? For real? Yep. That was one of the accessories, or a uh, forearm. When I talk about forearm, for everybody, I'm not trying to explain this because visual. Think of a okay. Let's think of a pump shotgun. We all know what a pump shotgun looks like, yeah. and you hold it most of the time. You hold it in your hand, and you pump the shotgun. Well. There's a thing you can get and put it on the pump that is a stick that comes off the pump and it allows you to have more control. It's another grip. So it's like a pistol grip. like Yes, this. but it is on the pump. Yeah. And that's called a forearm. There was something about forearms. You see AR-15s now or other rifles that have those. And it just helps stabilize your grip, keeps your arm out of the way. That was illegal. You could have... You know, that you had to pull that off. Or you could have that, but you couldn't have the bayonet. Or you could have that, but you couldn't have the flashlight lug. Or you could have the flashlight lug, but you couldn't have the forearm. Things like this. They, these did nothing. Nothing. They did you know, but it was in the laws. Like, my dad had that SKS, and he pulled the bayonet off of it. Bayonet's back on it now. Yeah. But still, come on, you have... Your dad kills me with the fucking arsenal that he has. <laughs> Well, I haven't even seen it all. And it's... I, a lot of the stuff we have is... He, he likes old stuff. We have, like, stuff from the Spanish-American War, and he's got something from, like, the Indian Revolution. The Not the... The, the India Indian. It's got, like... It's like an Isapur or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not Nez Indians. Convenience store Indians. Well, I was going to say that my ho my horrible ass just pointed to the middle of mm -hmm. my forehead. <laughs> yeah. You know, he likes to get... I mean, they're fully functional. They, they, they work great, but he likes vintage stuff. Yeah. Um, we ha They're not... They're reproductions. But my dad has everything from... From uh, semi-automatic rifles to muzzle loaders that look like something out of the Revolutionary War. We've got what I love them. It's cabin ball revolvers. 
black powder. They're a pain in the ass to clean. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, this turned into a Second Amendment show, which I'm fine about because I truly believe in that amendment. I believe I'm very much a libertarian. Well, I think, too, this kind of goes along with, you know, tomorrow is September 11th, and me and, I saw a meme, and I know it's just, I hate people who are like, oh, I saw a meme, but it's, somebody it posted something, and it was like, you know, I was talking about, you know, never forget D-Day and all this kind of stuff, and we still talk about that, and it was so many years ago, and then September 11th, we went from the 12th of being a united country. Mm-hmm. People weren't Democrats, they weren't Republicans, they weren't, you know, gay, sure, they were Americans. Yeah. And everybody was hurting. And, you know, we've forgotten that. And that, to me, is more important than the Second Amendment issue or anything else that's out there is the fact that our country, we're splitting ourselves down mm-hmm. the middle. And we're forgetting the fact that we are Americans. We have so many people that just hate our country. Yeah. Our own citizens hate our country. And they forget what's so great about living here is the fact that there's, you know, there's so many countries that don't have a Second Amendment right. They don't have a free speech right. They don't have the same rights and liberties that, you know, we have and that people have fought and died for for us to have. And, you know... We take that shit for granted, and that's one of the things that, like, I don't give a shit what your political leaning is. I don't give a shit what gender you pronoun you want to use. That none of that means a it means fuck all to me. Yeah, really. I just feel like that everybody needs to respect each other, and you know. You let me be, let me do me, and you do you, and don't fucking bother with my shit. You know, it's me and Brandy got into a discussion the other day about uh, abortion rights because you know all the shit that's happening here with our the fucking abortion law that they passed and whatever. Yeah. And it's like I, you know, I personally don't support abortion as like a birth control method that's just that's that's me that's from somebody who has had the issues that i've had in my life you know i i I can't i i I can't you know do but that's my personal choice and that's my right to have that as my choice but if somebody else does it that's their choice Mm -hmm. that's what they they're gonna have to deal with that on their own that's their emotional burden they're gonna have to bear you know it's not mine and but I also believe that if a woman has the right to end a pregnancy and, and, and you know the man has no say in whether or not she you know um, terminates terminates her pregnancy then a man also has the right to say I don't want this child so I'm, and he has the right to give up his rights and to not be forced to pay child support. 
That makes sense. I mean, it's like Dave Chappelle said. Mm-hmm. Well, see, me and her have been talking about that, and then I saw, we watched Sticks and Stones, and I was like, God damn, I ain't the only one. Because, I mean, seriously, you know, you have so many people who talk about these deadbeat dads and all this kind of shit, but, you know, if they didn't have the, the choice of whether or not you had this baby or not, yeah. you know, I mean, it's... If a woman can use the excuse of, oh, what's going to inconvenience my life, mm-hmm. and why can't he? Yeah. I mean, that that makes perfect sense. But do I agree with it? Do I agree that a man should take and abandon his child? No. no. But he, but they should have just as much of a right to walk away from something that they feel like is going to hinder their life, mm-hmm. just like a woman does. But this is what I'm talking about, like getting back to the whole, you know, rights and the government getting involved in shit. I don't think that they'll ever really be able, like Beto O'Rourke, or I'm sorry. What's his fucking name, Beto? Beto, it's Beto, it's it's O'Rourke. It's O'Rourke. Okay, so I was was right. Beto O'Rourke, he was talking about how if he became president, it was going to be mandatory buybacks. That You know, you weren't going to have a choice. Here's the problem with that. You're going to have to get the Supreme Court to agree mm-hmm. on that shit. Yeah. That don't, I don't believe that will ever fucking happen. No. I mean, you can talk all this shit that you want to. I truly, honest to God, don't believe that will ever happen. And I think that when, when Randy Weaver won his case mm-hmm. and was found not guilty... That precedent was set that you, you know, that's why there's, you notice they've laid leave those people alone now. Yeah. You know, it's like, that was, at one point, that was their, like, trying to control a narrative, trying to take and control this group Mm -hmm. of people, trying to use this, you know, the whole being a prepper thing and, you know, labeling these people as being dangerous and whatnot, and now... It's it's bullshit. They've proven this bullshit. They've proven the government's over. You know they overreached. Mm-hmm. They they overstepped. You know, and so now they leave all those people alone. But uh, I want you know you're talking about being American. Mm-hmm. We're all Americans in the unification. Mm-hmm. Not, I've always liked this quote, and I want to share it. It's it's from Penn. Mm-hmm. But I, hang on. <coughs> Do not put things or even ideas above the, above other human beings. Let's scream at each other about Kindle versus iPad, solar versus nuclear, Republican versus Libertarian, Garth Brooks versus Sun Ra. But when your house is on fire, I'll be there to help. I've always liked that quote about, you know, being an American at the end of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I've just always liked that quote. Well, it's just like I got so pissed off because... When we had the tornadoes here in 2011, um, I forget who the fuck it was, but Joplin had one right after we did. Yeah. And we had cities that were wiped off the map, Mm -hmm. okay, that were just fucking decimated. Joplin got hit, and there was all these, like, you know, I think Angelina Jolie, all these people fucking came out to Joplin and whatever. Mm -hmm. And course charlie sheen came here and of course think third eye blind there was somebody else there was um 
It's a rapper that came here. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, they came here and yeah, they did some stuff, but we didn't get anywhere near the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the TV time or the resources. And somebody made a comment and asked um, one of the Goodwill ambassadors, I forget who it was, why. You know that happened because I mean it wasn't just Alabama. I mean they went from Mississippi all the way, yeah, you know, through Georgia, Tennessee, the whole nine. That 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 twenty four hours or was it forty eight hours mm-hmm. was the worst in the southeast. Yeah, and it was because we are the South. Wow, that's really and truly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know. You had Joplin, which is, you know, Midwest, Heartland, yeah. you know, and we're the South, and the people don't look at us the same. You mm-hmm. know, they think that we are still the South of the 50s, and that, you know, it's just a racist cesspool down here, and that's not the case, but what I saw in our neighbors and of the people down here and how they banded together and how they took care of each other they fed each other you know they let people into their homes you know did we yeah we had people who came from other parts of the country that came here and looted Mm -hmm. but we also had neighbors standing guard with their guns and protecting other neighbors homes yeah you know they took shifts you know there was um and at the end of the day that's what being an american is about yeah is you have each other's back. It doesn't matter what your political ideology is, what your religious beliefs are. None of that fucking matters because when you need somebody, you, they're just they should be there for mm-hmm. you. And we've forgotten that. Yep. But anyway, what do you want to do next week? I don't know. What do you want to do? I've got an idea, but I. What's your idea? The Clinton suicide machine. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We're gonna get we're getting to Alex Jones territory, but I'm okay with well, that. Well, no, I mean, because I was reading this thing about Jeffrey Epstein that I wanted to talk about. Because okay. you know, we 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 like to cover a good conspiracy theory every yeah. now and then. So, um, but uh, is it, what's you got a question you want to ask? Um, no, you got one. Mm, okay. That's your thing. All right. Well, all right. We thank you guys for listening in with us this week. Uh, our next episode, uh, like he said, we'll be covering the the Clinton suicide machine, and I guess it's what he likes to call it. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for tuning in, and we'll thank you. See you soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.